I want to welcome you to a special edition of The Overwhelmed Brain, and this is really special. This is about a podcast I started listening to called A Slight Change of Plans. Have you ever been on a path in life and then just decided that uh, something needed to change? This podcast interested me because it's hosted by a cognitive scientist who studies how our minds work and how we change. And that's what I love to learn about. That's what I love to talk about. And so I gave it a shot, and it is an excellent podcast. I highly recommend you tune in to A Slight Change of Plans. Not only am I just telling you to tune in, I'm actually going to play a clip from that show. They gave me permission. I'm going to play this clip. It's about a person who was overweight and really didn't think about it too much until people started treating her differently because of the way she looked. And the episode is really all about body image and how we look at ourselves and how we feel about ourselves and how she went on this journey of losing a bunch of weight and learning that she lost part of herself along the way. You know, this is something I really don't talk about too much on my show about body image and things like that. I've had episodes on that. In fact, I talked about my own self-consciousness about my body when I was younger and even today. There are sometimes parts of us that we have trouble accepting. And when you go through life not accepting a part of you, it becomes part of your story. It becomes part of who you are. It becomes part of your limitations. And when you walk around with certain limitations, you're more likely to be reserved in what you want to do. There are things that will happen in life, events that will happen in life that you may want to do, but you decide not to because... You have this perceived limitation inside of you. And so the clip that I'm going to play today is so, so good. I really want you to listen to this and also tune into the rest of the episode. Um, this particular episode of A Slight Change of Plans is called I Lost Weight and So Much More. And the host, Dr. Meyer Shankar, interviews Elna Baker. And like I said, she lost all this weight in a few months. And she learned so much about how people treat you depending on how you look and how much attachment that we can sometimes have to the thoughts and judgments of others and how that can really shift our perspective and alter the way we live life. Very good episode, very important subject matter. If you want to tune in just anywhere you listen to the podcast, you can look up a slight change of plans. And this particular episode is called I Lost Weight and So Much More. You can also go directly to the podcast page over at podcasts.pushkin.fm forward slash overwhelmed brain. If that's a lot to type, that's okay. You can find it in your favorite podcast player under a slight change of plans. And that way you can hear the rest of this very valuable conversation. And also before I play this clip, I'm just about to play it. I just want to give you a little trigger warning. There are at least one or two parts that might be slightly more graphic than you're used to on this show. No curse words or anything like that. But when she describes a couple things, it might be a little unsettling. So I'm just preparing you for that. Uh, no big deal. You can get through it. I just wanted to prepare you a little bit. Anyway, here's the clip I want to share with you right now. Ballet. It was ballet. I remember the mirrors and the little girls and my stomach was like sort of protruding and no one else's stomachs were protruding. And uh, I became very self-conscious of it, and I hated going to ballet. But I never really explained why. 
And then as I started to grow, I used to actually would play this game as a little girl where I would squeeze the fat on my stomach into a little ball. And I'd be like, oh, it's like a tangerine. And then it, I would, as I got bigger, I'd be like, it's like a grapefruit. And then I was like, it's like a melon. And then after that, I was like, I hate this game. I'm never playing this game again. From the time she was a little girl, Elna Baker hated her body. She thought if she could just become thin, everything in her life would be different, would be better. So she went on a mission to lose a ton of weight. And she did it. She lost close to 100 pounds in five and a half months. And for a moment, it seemed to Elna like she was getting everything she wanted. Until she started to realize she was losing herself in the process. I'm Maya Shunker, and this is A Slight Change of Plans, a show that dives deep into the world of change and hopefully gets us to think differently about change in our own lives. Elna Baker grew up in the 1980s in a conservative Mormon family. Like, I just was remembering this song I grew up singing. Um, this is the actual lyrics. When I grow up, I want to be a mother and have a family. One little, two little, three little babies of my own. And then it keeps going. Of all the jobs for me, there is no other. I'll have a family. Four little, five little, six little babies in my home. And, you know, and that's like just par for the course of being Mormon. From an early age, Elna was sold on the idea that if she just looked a certain way and acted a certain way, she'd be worthy of love. I think a lot of it was media. You know, I, I grew up on Disney movies. I grew up on, like, princess stories. I was weirdly very affected by The Little Mermaid. It was my favorite movie. But Ursula was this, like, you know, supposedly this this gigantic, disgusting woman. And... I just remember being sold the narrative that um, certain women, if they looked a certain way, were invisible and would pine after men and they would uh, never be loved. And it's so weird to me that I, I attached myself to that narrative so young. I actually had a conversation with my parents recently because I was like, do you remember when I decided I was worthless because of the way I looked? And, uh, you know, as I spoke to my dad about it, you know, it was as young as eight years old that I was like, oh, I'm just one of the girls who will never be beautiful and will never be loved. Do you remember anyone ever saying anything to you about your body? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone said things to me about my body. It, it seemed like it seemed like my body was like public domain. You know, so mm. I have, you know, one of the memories that was, I think I was in, I was in fifth grade and the yearbook for our school cost like $70. So my parents didn't want to buy me and my sister both yearbooks. So we shared a yearbook. So uh, she had the front half, I had the back half. And I would love to look through her section because she was popular. She had friends. I would like read all of the people who signed her section and then I noticed that the two most popular boys in my grade had signed her section of the yearbook. And I thought for a second that they had just signed on the wrong side. But then um, it was addressed to my sister, and they didn't even know my sister. But one had written, how come you're so beautiful and your sister is so ugly? 
and the other had written, I wish your sister looked like you. And I was just, I mean, I was devastated. I was crying. I had, I had felt that I was worthless because of the way I looked. I had suspected it based on the way people would, would look at me or look at my body. But I, I think that was like actual written confirmation. Looking back at it, sorry, I'm getting emotional remembering all this, but, uh, you know, my mother saw that I was worried about my weight. Um, and so she became heavily involved. And I, you know, to her credit, I think she was just trying to help me. But that, of course, made it so much worse because, you know, if I went to have seconds at dinner, she would nod her head and, you know, she didn't do it with my brothers and sisters. She started taking me to specialists and doctors where they would, you know, make me get naked and measure me and weigh me. And, you know, they were worried I had a thyroid issue. And I look back to that time where there was all of this effort to try to understand what was wrong with Elna. And I look at pictures and I was actually totally normal sized. Like it's, it doesn't, it's unfortunate. It's like all the effort to prevent this thing from happening ended up being the catalyst for that thing happening because something happened to my mind. By the time I was 16 and, you know, at my heaviest, at my heaviest, I was 260 pounds. I was definitely in a place where I, I thought I didn't deserve to live. Like, I, I was considering ending my life because of the way I looked. That's how, uh, that's how much I hated the, my body, how much I hated myself because I didn't feel like if I looked this way that I deserved any love or, or deserved to live. Elna continued to feel this way about herself for years. One day, when she was 22, it all came into full focus. She and her family took a trip to an amusement park where there was a fun house with a hallway of mirrors. And so as a family, we're walking down this hallway of mirrors and I turned the corner and the mirror in front of me, I saw this woman in it. And it was me, thin, but proportionately thin. It wasn't one of those, like, where they stretch you out really, really long. It was just, like, what I would look like if I was a different person, if I was, was um, a thin woman. And, I mean, I could not be torn away from that mirror. I mean, I just stood in front of the mirror and I was like... What does thin Elna look like when she runs in place? What does thin Elna look like when she flips her hair? And I was just like flirting with myself. I mean, I was just like playing with this woman. I looked like a member of my family. Like I looked like my sisters. Um, and I had no concept that I could look that way. And I also felt like this, this person I had felt like I was deep down inside was uh, visually presenting itself to me in the mirror. This narrative that every fat woman has a thin woman inside of her. I felt like if I was her to the world, they would let me be the person who I wanted to be. What were those things that you wanted to be that you felt you, the world wasn't allowing you to be? It, it was free. I wanted to be free and I wanted to be loved. So you're looking at Funhouse Mirror Elna and she's she seems free and 
lighthearted and she's she's reaching her dreams. Like that's what you saw. Exactly. Yeah. I saw someone who every door would open for. Wow. And I thought, what if I became her? Like, would my life be easier? Would it actually be different? Would I get the things I wanted if I did the thing I've been told my whole life to do, which is just lose weight? And so that was when I became absolutely determined that I was going to take this on and I was going to become her. What what made that moment different? Like, what led you to actually then go in and lose all this weight? Uh, I think it was just absolute determination. It was like I could not get this. I would close my eyes and I would see that woman. And I could not get her out of my head. And I thought, this is going to be the time that I do it. You lost a lot of weight in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, what did you have to put yourself through to get to that point? Uh, you know, the program was, uh, you know, you ate a very minimal amount of food. You exercised, you know, at least half an hour a day. You drank eight, you drank eight glasses of water. And then you also, um, you took fentramine and a couple other supplements. And the fentramine, it's basically similar to speed. It's an amphetamine and it curbs your appetite. I was Mormon. I'd never even had a cup of coffee. So I didn't know that you could take something and it would make you act differently. And at the time, I was also, you know, very religious. So I was praying and I was asking for, through the grace of Jesus Christ, help me change this aspect of myself. And then I'd started taking speed. And so I have journals from that time period that are hilarious because the journals, I just think it's like the the love of Christ is helping me. So I'm like, (laughs) you know, I've never, I feel like I'm totally possessed by the spirit of God. Like I've never been. motivated and driven. (laughs) I'm constantly cleaning. I've never been this clean, you know, I'm just like, (laughs) but in reality, I was just like totally on speed. And when I lost uh, all of that weight, especially because I lost it quite fast, my skin uh, was so, so loose. I mean, it was just like, I could take it and pull it like six to eight inches off of my body. I mean, I looked kind of like a melting candle. I just had so much extra skin. And, you know, that was really disappointing, actually, because I had thought that I would get a do-over, that I would finally get that body that, that I had dreamed of. And instead, I was just covered in loose skin. And so I had four surgeries to reconstruct my body. First, I did a tummy tuck. Then I did a circumferential body lift. Uh, then I did uh, implants uh, to fill in kind of the empty pockets that my breast had once been. And then they cut up my legs. So now in my body, I have running up the side of my legs, I have these like seams. I have a scar completely back to front around my waist like a belt, like as if, you know, I was cut in half by a magician or something. And the process of getting those surgeries, I mean, it is violent. Just a few days after the surgery, I went to go pee. And as I went to sit down, I split the seam on the inside of my crotch and it just gaping hole popped open. And I uh, called a friend and was like panicking. And she amazingly was like, I'll be there in 20 minutes. She showed up with a bottle of white wine and Valium and gave me a Valium. And then the doctor had said that you had to push gauze back in, like you had to pack the wound with gauze. 
And so she, um, I spread my legs and she packed me up almost like you're putting the stuffing back into a teddy bear. Yeah, it was a, it was a tremendous, tremendous amount of effort to almost try to return myself to a place that, um, that, that I felt I needed to be in as a woman in order to be, um, sexually desirable by a man. I mean, that was why I was doing it. I mean, I, I guess you used the best word. The surgery was violent. Was there ever a moment when you thought, this shit's not worth it? Like, <laughs> this is so not worth it. Like, I'm literally having doctors cut me into pieces in order uh, to make this happen. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny. Like, I... It's like I never stop to think, you know, you don't have to do any of this. You know, you don't actually yeah. have to do any of this to be loved. But it was like suddenly I got to play this role I had studied and dreamed of my whole life. So it was like a performance piece. I mean, like, I loved getting to watch, like, how I could affect men, you know, like, because I'd, I'd never affected them before. It was delightful. I mean, I remember I was walking down the street in New York um, and I passed like this uh, very beautiful woman and and uh, she kind of looked me up and down and like nodded her head. And and then I would pass, you know, attractive men and attractive women and they would do this thing where they kind of look at you and nod. And I was like, oh my God, there's like a secret club for the, the attractive people. And the nod is like their secret handshake. And, I, you know, I'm getting like a trial membership or something. You know, and I remember being at a deli and I had put, you know, the items I was planning on buying up on the, the counter and I didn't have enough money. I realized, you know, it was like $20. I looked at my pocket. I only had 10. So I started kind of looking at the items and I was like pulling some down. And then the deli guy just like shrugged his head and he was like, just take it. And I was like, what? And he was like, take it. You're fine. And then he kind of smiled at me like, you know, you're a pretty girl. Take it. And so I walked out and I was like, wait, beautiful people get free stuff? Like, how is this real? And then I just, I wanted to know if that was a thing. So I started going to delis and I would do like a, I would do a bit where I was put the stuff up. They would, you know, give me the price and I would pretend that I didn't have enough money. And they would say like, you're good, take it. And that was to me, I mean, I was like, this can't be real. Like you can't get this much from just looking differently. And that's where it started to shift from like, oh my God, this is so fun to feeling a little bit sad or jaded where I was like, this is so unfair. Like the person I was when I was fat, like I was so kind, I think partly because I couldn't just ride by on good looks. I was always like, trying to be helpful, trying to be loving, you know, baking people cookies or whatever, like doing things for people, a lot of like acts of service to to be a part of people's life. And I really do feel like that woman deserved the love and attention that this sudden like thin version of me just automatically got without doing anything. She realized that new Elma, as she was beginning to see herself, new Elma could pretty much get anything she wanted, including boyfriends, something old Elma had only dreamed of. 
On one particular day, new Elma and a guy were eating frozen yogurt, chatting about calories. I was like, you know, this is going to sound mean, but I just can't tolerate fat people. And I just, I remember the word choice, like tolerate, you know, like people can't tolerate lactose, but like tolerate. And, and I, you know, I wanted to say something, but I also wanted to be in the room. Like, I, I wanted to be there, and I wanted to be chosen by him, and I wanted to just be the pretty girl who got the guy. And so I, like, took his hand, and I was like, you know, um, I think a lot of people, you know, uh, it's hard for them because, uh, you know, they're judged based on their appearance, and they might actually be very good people deep down, and you're not giving yourself a chance to see that, you know, not that I would know anything about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I regret not actually just standing up and, and saying what I really thought. But at the time, I just, I didn't want to get kicked out of the club. Is that the moment you realized, oh no, I think new Elna might be a worse person than old Elna? Definitely. Definitely. Because it was this moment where I, I was like, oh, this is the trade-off, right? Hmm. Like, you can get what you want, but you have to give up other parts of yourself. And how bad do you want this? And, you know, old Elna had been actually, like, I had, I had been this, like, larger-than-life person. I mean, I was, like, audacious and bold. And, like, um, I was funny and, and like... In some ways, the bigness of my body allowed for the bigness of my personality. New Elna, I was embarrassed of this person I used to be. Like, I wanted to erase her from the earth. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because the, the version of thin Elna you saw in the funhouse mirror that day relied on old Elna's personality, like yeah. old Elna's values, right? You saw that freedom in her because she still had that mindset that you cherished about yourself in childhood, right? Like outspokenness, irreverence, bold, right? Willing to speak up. And I guess, yeah, you just didn't expect you you might lose that along the way or that there would be trade-offs involved. Totally. Yeah, that, that when you change, you know, you, you make these compromises along the way that you end up losing the, the core thing that, that you were changing for. All right, that is such an important topic, such an important conversation. You can listen to the rest of it on your favorite podcast player. The podcast is called A Slight Change of Plans, and this particular episode is called I Lost Weight and So Much More. You can also go directly to the episode if you're on the web. You can go to podcasts.pushkin.fm forward slash overwhelmed brain. So it might be easier to look it up, but that's the URL if you want to go directly to the rest of this episode, which is really great. She shares everything she's learned and how important it is to understand what changes when you change physically. You also change emotionally, mentally, and maybe even spiritually. And when you go through all these changes, your life changes because when you show up differently in life... You see things differently. You treat people differently. You are treated differently. And some of us live our lives without even experiencing what some people might call an alternate reality. And sometimes we think the grass is greener and 
sometimes it turns out that it's not. And it's very helpful to have these perspectives and try to understand ourselves and learn about ourselves. And to hear stories like this can really give us a perspective without actually going through some of the motions that other people have gone through, you know? Don't reinvent the wheel if you don't have to and learn these lessons through others when you can. And like I said, I just started listening to A Slight Change of Plans and there's one about, who is it? It's a black musician that takes on the KKK. I've got to hear this one. There's a black jazz musician that meets a Klansman at a bar and his life takes a sudden turn. And that to me sounds so engaging and such an important conversation. I cannot wait to hear that. You're going to find the episode that you heard today. You're going to find episodes like that and so many more like uh, someone who left a religious cult and a researcher who builds cancer detection tools who spent his entire life trying to avoid getting cancer who is now facing it. Or even Tommy Caldwell's near-death experience that unlocks a new state of mind that changes his life. That's what this is all about. A slight change of plans. I'm digging it. I wanted to share it with you too. I think it's going to be a wonderful tool in your self-improvement journey. Thanks for joining me today. It was great to talk with you. Talk to you again soon.